Good morning. Good morning. Tucker, thanks for leading us in communion. It's a good day. It's a good day. Uh, it's great to be here with all of you. Uh, gathered here to uh, worship our God, to praise Him, to, to sing song. It is good. It is good always. And um, I just want to welcome you to Beecher Island. Those that don't know, most in here do. Beecher Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And what that boils down to is that we are all about following God's Word, not man's. And uh, we'll fall short, but we strive to be of God's Word. To be of God's Word. Today is a good day, and I want to um, just give the church a heads up. Uh, I was talking about Sunday school class, but my family and I are going to be uh, on the road for the next four weekends. Uh, Alyssa, our middle daughter, rodeos, and... And uh, we're going we're gonna to go make some memories over the next four weeks and, and uh, go to some high school rodeos. And, and so uh, I know that the elders uh, are lining up the varsity, the A-team, to come and fill in. Um, try not to like any of them too much because uh, I would really like to come back in four weeks. No. Uh, but next week, Tucker's going to be, be uh, bringing the word. And so um, uh, come to the feeding station ready to be fed. Because he's going to bring it, and it'll be good. And uh, so I, I just want to take a second, though, and say thank you to this spot. Thank you for allowing me to have time to go and make memories with my family. But more than that, thank you for letting me recharge. Thank you for letting me have time to go and take a breath and uh, be a taker instead of a giver. And so I want to thank this body, thank the elders uh, uh, for that time. I promise you, we're going to miss this body uh, being gone for four weeks. And so, um, uh, but thank you for that time and, and my whole family. Thanks. Uh, in that, let's go to the Word. Uh, we're going to be in, in uh, John, uh, of course, but uh, we, we've taken a couple of weeks off from, from John, but we're going to get back after it. And we're, we're going to be in John 5, if you want to turn there. But we're going to be digging into an account that, that I struggle with just a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest from the get-go. I, I struggle with some of the stuff in this, in this account that we're going to, to read. Uh, I don't have answers for some of my own questions. So if you have questions... <clears throat> Seek out one of the elders. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we'll work through it. We're going to work through it. But uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully I can answer some of those questions of my own as we work through this, but also of yours. And it's, it's a great account that, that um, we've been given. And uh, John 5, verses 1 through 17 is where we're going to be. But uh, before we read that, my question but I always ask, why did John write this? We have a verse that tells us why John wrote this gospel. And that verse is John 20, verse 31, which says, These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing, you'll have life in His name. 
And I want to make sure that we always, always, always go back to that as we read the Gospel of John. To know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then when we believe in that, we will have life. We will have life. All right, let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for every person here, Lord. Every person here. And I thank you for every person that's going to listen to this online. And Lord, I just, I just pray for each one of these people that they're seeking you. That they're seeking you in every, every way of their life. And they're seeking the doors that you open. And Lord, I just pray right now that people, that we all, uh, as a people, are, are moved to a closer relationship with you this morning. Lord, I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Verses 1 through 15 is where we're actually going to be. John 5, 1 through 15. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was, who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to be carrying your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being, a multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. God's word is good. Amen. It is good. There's a lot to it. Uh, I love the count we have. It's a little difficult for me to wrap my head around this picture, this account that, that John lays out here for us. And what all is, is taking place. We know that there was a feast going on. And, and, and most presume that it was the Passover. We don't have any proof that it was. But, but I think we're okay in thinking that it was the Passover. That they were coming to this feast. And Jesus was passing by the sheep gate. And, and there was a pool. A, a pool in Hebrew called Bethesda. 
And, and in Hebrew, it would mean house of mercy or house of pity. And this pool had five porches. Not like porches on our house. That's what I picture in my mind, but that's not what it was. It was, it was five places that, that people could gather and get into the water easier. It would have been five bigger places that it would have been a, a shore or, or, a, or a place, maybe not even a shore. The shore is probably the wrong word, but a, but a place to easily get into the water. And, and the multitudes were, were gathered on these five porches, waiting to be healed. And the word tells us there was a, a great multitude. There, were, there was a large number of people, of sick people, that were on these porches. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. All, all were just just waiting around for the water to be stirred. The water to be, to be moved. I'm going to stop here for just a minute. By a show of hands, how many have Bibles that do not have verse 4? It's okay. You put your hand up high. Don't, don't be afraid. Verse 4 is missing in a lot of Bibles. A lot of translations have, have taken out part of verse 3 in all of verse 4. Why? They, there's a disagreement, maybe, we'll say, on, on verse, some of verse 3 and verse 4. And I'm going to read it to, to you again, just so that those of you who have Bibles that don't have it in there, it says this. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain season into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in, it was made well from in was made well from whatever disease which he was afflicted. Picture that race. Picture the race into the water. I, yeah. Uh, I'll be the first to admit, I, I don't have answers for this. I don't have answers uh, as to why it'd be taken out. Uh, some, uh, a lot say that it was added later, um, that, that John didn't write that in his gospel. I don't know, I wasn't there for John's writing of the gospel. Some want to say, well, it, it doesn't fit, it doesn't work, and it was added later on to... to bring the full idea of what was happening at the pool. Again, I don't know. Um, what I do want to say is this. If John did write it, and man wants to say, well, I don't like that. I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I'm, I'm not okay with what it says. So we're just going to take I'm not okay with that. So, so let's go to the other side. If John did write it in there, well, there's something there for us. But I will say this. John didn't write the Gospel of John, or he didn't write this account for us to know that there was a pool that the sick could get into, and it was a race to the first one to get in, and then we had to wait for the stirring. He didn't write it for that. John wrote this account so that we will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And if we want to bicker about a pool and the way it worked and how it happened, I don't want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of knowing that Jesus is the Christ. 
And that is why John wrote this gospel. So as we move on, there's a lot here to gain. See, my little human brain is okay with just reading verse 4 and then moving to 5. So let's read verse 5. It says this, A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, Do you wish to get well? Again, I want you to picture this. I want you to picture this man that was laying there. And Jesus asking him this question. See, see, all these sick people were, were around this pool. A, a hot spring, if you want to say. And, and, and all these porches, these five porches, and, and sick people are everywhere. It says a multitude. So there was not just a few. There was a lot of people who were gathered around this pool. There's this man that's been paralyzed for longer than Jesus had walked this earth in the flesh. And Jesus, Jesus knew his condition. Jesus knew his answer. But, but Jesus, in a loving, compassionate way, says, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Again, Jesus knew his heart, but he, but he wanted to draw out from this man who was paralyzed admission of his own helplessness. Admission that, that he was desperate for a need of a healing. Is that the same with salvation? Is it the same with salvation? See, the Lord knows that we desperately need saved. Every one of us that walk this earth and whoever has and whoever will desperately need it saved. But he waits. He waits to hear the confession from our lips. He waits to hear the confession from our hearts that we're helpless. That we are helpless without Him. We are, we are helpless when we don't accept the Savior. We can't save ourselves. You see, we're not saved by our own will. But listen to me this morning. The human will must be exercised before we're saved. See, we must acknowledge that there is a Savior. We must acknowledge that, that we need Him. You see, listen to this man's answer. This man's answer was, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but, but while I'm, I am coming, another steps down before me. What a sad answer, right? Here's this, this man that says, I can't, I can't be the winner. I can't be the first one to get in the pool. I can't, I can't get healed because I'm paralyzed. I can't move. And I need another man to put me in the water. Again, I think there's a reason why John put this account in the Gospel of John. Because in all honesty, isn't this us? Isn't, 
this us, this, this paralyzed man? Do we rely on man's healing? Do we, do we rely on man for our grace and our forgiveness? You know, I think I've asked a big question here. Uh, do we rely on, on man to receive a healing? And don't get me wrong here, God has given us amazing nurses and doctors, amazing nurses and doctors. He has blessed them with an ability. And, and, and we need to use doctors and nurses. Don't forsake what God has blessed us with. What's our first response, though? What, what's our first response to something that's, that's affecting us physically, emotionally, or spiritually? What's our first, is your first response to get on your phone and ask Google? <clears throat> Google's wise, isn't it? <laughs> we, we, right? We, we, we seek answers from the world most of the time. And I don't think I'm alone in that. We, we seek man's opinion. We, we, we seek and wait for other people to, to give us answers, right? Or is it to go to God in prayer and seek Him for His healing and His guidance? Physically, emotionally, spiritually. You see, I find myself seeking every other option when, when, when things are wrong, when, when there's a healing that needs to be, be done, when, when, when something's going wrong. I, I find myself seeking the world's answer. And, and then I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, I, I need to pray about this. Why is it not my natural reaction, first thing, to get on my knees? Why is it not my, my natural reaction to seek Him in prayer for everything? Just being honest with you this morning. Because again, I don't think I'm alone. But also in that, why don't we come to the church and seek prayer? Personal prayer. See, I'm going to share you, my, my heart with you this morning. I, I, every Sunday morning, I, I ask for, for people that, that need prayer to come to the elders, come to me, and we would pray on you. And, and whatever that be, we, we want to lift you up in prayer. If it's for you coming to, for the first time to Jesus Christ, or, or if it's something that's affecting you. Personally, and, and we pray every Sunday morning in, in, in Sunday school class, and, and we take prayers, but... How often do they get personal? I'm going to be honest with you. I've <clears throat> forsaken prayer from this body for a while. I did ask the elders to pray for a situation in my life. I asked this morning. <clears throat> Why do we forsake that? I invite, invite people every, every Sunday to come and seek that prayer. And, and, and I'm going to just tell you right now, we all need prayer. 
And I'm not being judgmental, I'm just being honest. We all need prayer. You see, when we go to James 5, James 5, 13 through 18, gives us a whole lot to chew on. A whole lot to chew on. It says this, James 5, 13 through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone suffering? He says, then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. We do that every Sunday morning, right? We sing praises to our God. Hopefully we do our week too. Is anyone among you sick? Listen to this. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Not man. Listen to it. It says, and the Lord will raise him up. says this, and if he has committed sin, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like, or, like ours. He was just like us. Don't make him any different than you. Don't make him closer to God. Don't make him a better prayer than you. Don't make him somebody different. He was just like us. That's what it's telling us right here. He is just like us. And listen to what he prayed. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again. And the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. Prayer is power. And it's something that is given to each one of us to pray. And there is power in prayer. And there is power in the elders praying upon you. Now, guys, I don't want us forsaken. Because I think that is extremely important for us as a body of believers to make sure that when something is got us down, I don't care if it's physically, emotionally, or spiritually. We come together and pray. And we seek out the elders. And have that prayer. And if you need anointed in oil, and prayed upon, we're prepared for it. We're prepared for it. And we're ready to do that. Let's be a church that seeks God in prayer. Let's be a church that comes together in prayer. Not just for other people in our life, but for us. Us. You don't have to be alone in seeking physical, emotional, or spiritual healing. We all have stuff. We all have baggage. It's, it's part of life. And, and, and we all need prayer. We all need prayer. And I, and I hope that you can see in all that that it's not about man. It's not about man at all. But it's all about the Christ. The Son of God. 
and lifting up our prayers to Him. And I just want you to know that if you come to the elders or come to me with, with personal prayer, it stays with them and it goes right to God. It's not passed around. It's right here. Being prayed to God. You see, Jesus answered him. Jesus answered him and he said, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your bed and walk. And at once the man was cured. He, he picked up his mat and walked. I want you to picture this in your mind because this man had been, been laying there for a while. He had been paralyzed for 38 years. Don't in your mind picture a bodybuilder laying there, alright? Because that's not what he was. Think about how, how much muscle this guy would have had on his body. But Jesus said, get up. Get up. Pick up your bed and walk. He didn't just tell him, go, go walking. No. He said, pick up your bed and walk. And he picked up his bed and instantly started walking. Instantly. Let me be very clear of the story now. We are absolutely this paralyzed man. We are absolutely this paralyzed man outside of Jesus Christ. We are paralyzed. We are, we are sick with sin. We are paralyzed with sin outside of Him. But as soon as we come to Jesus Christ and confess Him, we are healed of the paralyzing sin. It is taken away. We're forgiven. We're covered in grace. And that's done in an instant. In an instant when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord. It is done right now. When, you, when your heart believes that, that God has raised Him from the dead and you confess with your mouth, it says you're saved and it is done right now. There, there is no waiting period. There is no, no time in there. It is instant. When he tells us to get up and walk, because you're now saved, he fills you with the Holy Spirit to go out and walk. He fills you with the same power that he gave this paralyzed man to get up and walk. And not just walk, but carry his bedroll and walk. An amazing power. We have no excuse not to do exactly as this man did. Verse 9. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to this man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. I can just picture this. <laughs> but he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your, my mat and walk. I, I mean, I don't think he was like, Well, the guy who healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. I think he was like, That guy who let me walk, he, he told me to pick it up and go. I mean, seriously, he was excited. He's like, Hey, I don't care about you. I'm carrying my mat because he healed me. And I'm walking in. This man didn't care what others thought. This man didn't care what others thought of him carrying his bed on the Sabbath. It 
See, all these Jews were trying to follow their man-made religion, their man-made rules. And they were astonished that this man would be carrying his bed on the Sabbath. How dare you do that? They knew he was the paralyzed man. I bet they walked by him a hundred times, probably way more than a hundred times. They knew he was the paralyzed man, but they wanted their man-made rules to be followed. And I think that is exactly why Jesus said, take up your bedroll and walk on the Sabbath. See, we're told the same thing. Pick up your cross and follow. Pick up your cross and follow. And when we pick up our cross and follow, we need to also read Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verses 18 through, or sorry, Matthew 28, verses 18. 18 through 20. The Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Listen to that. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you follow this instruction, people will ridicule you. People will tell you just keep it to yourself. People will tell you you don't need to talk to Jesus. Talk, talk about Jesus in a public setting. People may call you religious. But you know what? What are we called to do? Because you know what? There'll be others. There'll be others that find the Savior. There'll be others that find eternal life because you pick up your cross and fall. There will be others that, that find true life, find the Savior, and find the Creator of them because you picked up your cross and followed. And you didn't care what other people would think by you carrying your cross. How good is that? We don't need to know Him personally. When they find the Savior because we're carrying a cross. That's God's work. But I want you to know how good it is that we can know that when we follow and we go and make disciples of all nations, people find the Savior. I want you to know that. Because I think sometimes we forget it. I think sometimes we don't think it's important that we carry our cross every day. Because what's it going to change? It changes lives every day. Whether you know it or not. See, let's be this man that has fresh legs. He was paralyzed, and now he has a set of fresh legs. Walking. Excited. Excited about the healing that he's had, and not afraid to carry his mat. Let's have fresh legs. Let's be excited about the saving grace that is poured out on us. 
Let's be, let's be telling people what we've received. His grace and mercy and forgiveness and eternal life that is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Man, I love the imagery that this gives me. I want to be fresh for it. I want to be excited for it. The problem was, though, is this, this healed man didn't know who healed him. I kind of chuckle at that. Maybe that's wrong, but I kind of chuckle at it. He didn't know who healed him. Right? Verse 12, they asked him, Who is this fellow who, who told you to pick up your mat and walk? Because we're going to go find him. Right? They say, The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning. Or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. It is Jesus who makes us well. No man. It is Jesus who makes us well. It is Jesus who gives us life. Who gives us eternal life. It is Jesus that gave it all. And it gave it all. So that we can have true life in Him for eternity. What a blessing. What a blessing. These things are written so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you'll have life in His name. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for Your Word. I thank You that You, you, you heal us from the paralyzing sin. That You take it away. And we can, we can be freed from that. And, and we don't have to be, be paralyzed from it. We can, we can walk in You, in the newness of You. And we can have fresh legs every morning. Because of the saving grace that You pour out on us. I thank You for that. I thank You for this Gospel. And I pray that when we read it, we see You. We see that You are the Christ, the Son of God. And we can be assured that when we believe in you, we have life in your name. And I pray that we, that we are excited and we share that with all those around us. And we never back off. We never back down. No matter the looks, no matter what people say, we don't back down from sharing you and making disciples of all nations. God, I pray if there's anybody here this morning that has not given their heart to you, they take the opportunity right now to give their life to you, to confess you, to speak with their mouth that you are Lord and believe in their heart that you, God, raised your son Jesus to walk this earth again. Thank you for that. Lord, I lift this church up to you and I pray that we are all about you all the time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite the music team up. And I just want to say right now, that if there's anybody this morning that has not given their life to Christ, that you take this opportunity right now to confess Him. And we would love to pray with you if you're doing that for the first time today. The elders and I would love to pray with you, love to lift you up and be on your journey to heaven along with you. But also, we've talked about it several times, if you need prayer this morning, if there is something that is 
that is on your heart, there's something that, that, that you need prayer for, physical, emotional, spiritual, if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. We're ready to do that. If you need that, please come forward as we stand and sing.